Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Boo the WooCommerce Builder Podcast. This show is brought to you by Yoast SEO, where you can unlock some fantastic tools and features for the SEO of your client's Woo shop. And FooSales.com, the WooCommerce point-of-sales solution that helps you bring your client's shop to the physical world. I'll tell you more about our pod friends later in the show, but let's get started as over the next three days, I'll be bringing you something special. Do the Woo partnered up with WooSesh, an online summit for WooCommerce builders. Each of the three days, we did a live end-of-the-day recap with some of the speakers. So what I have done is taken these live events, edited them down, excluding a bit of the meandering one does at a live party, and I'm bringing you the highlights via these episodes. In this first one, Brad, Jonathan, and myself start with a conversation with Paul Mayorana from WooCommerce as he dives more into the turnkey WooCommerce solution that was first announced at WooSesh. From there, we chat with Kimberly Coleman about year-round flash sales and Courtney Robertson on some of the day's sessions. Of course, a little fun is interjected here and there, and it all makes for one lively conversation. Hey, everybody. How we doing, WooSesh? We're going to dive in and kind of talk about some of the highlights, some of the things we uh, that stood out to us, um, and, and talk with some of the speakers that were bringing you this great information. So I'm also joined by Jonathan Wold. What is up, Jonathan? Hey, Brad. Good to see you. It's always yeah. a good day when we're talking about WooCommerce. It's a big day for WooCommerce today, right? I mean, we had WooSesh. There's a, uh, a new version of WooCommerce just dropped 7.0. Some other big news out there, but uh, I mean, it is an absolute WooCommerce type of day, which is exciting. So, um, but with that, let's let's jump right into it. We got a, a couple different guests, but I guess first, let's bring Paul on. Paul uh, uh, really kicked Hello. it off this morning. Uh, we had a great presentation talking all about WooCommerce. Um, some great things coming, and and a pretty big announcement in there that I'm sure a lot of people have questions on or are very interested in, but. You made the announcement that there is a uh, a turnkey WooCommerce solution coming in collaboration with some hosting partners. So maybe we can right. kind of dig into yeah. that a little bit. I'd love to hear more. Sure, let's do it. So you know, I think one of the the, the barriers to entry to WooCommerce, at least in my mind, has always been kind of the setup and configuration, and many of us take it for granted because we live in this world and this is what we do. But for an average user, if you said, "Hey, go set up a store with WooCommerce," it might be a little bit of a little bit of a struggle through all the configuration options and different plugins and extensions and just a, a, a plethora of, of of decisions essentially that need to be made uh, to get your store online. So I would assume this turnkey solution is is somewhat of an answer to that to help especially small business owners, store owners kind of get up, up and running on WooCommerce as quickly and efficiently as possible. Is that kind of how you're looking at it? That's exactly right, Brad. What you know, we're hearing from merchants, you know, not so much builders, of course, who I think are having a lot of success with WooCommerce and very much find it you know, a tool in their kit to help bring new stores online. But for merchants, uh, you know, very much what we're hearing is that they want to be able to put in an email address, load their product information, their business information, and start selling in an hour or less, right? And today, WooCommerce, in large part due to the very uh, sort of deconstructed nature of the of the platform, um, I think just still leaves a lot of building to the merchant, right? If you want to start selling, you know, appointments or whatever, physical goods, like those are all decisions that you have to make um, where, you know, I think we could do a much better job a little bit further up, even before they even get to WooCommerce of 
and asking really just some very simple questions about what the merchant is trying to accomplish, a little bit of information about their business, and then really configure their site to be uh, to meet the needs of their specific store right out of the box, such that again they can once they land in <clears throat> WP Admin, there's not a lot of building to be done. They can just load their information and go. So, Paul, I'm curious. Like this, this to me is a what the way that you've described it is quite ideal. Right, this idea of we have a big decentralized ecosystem. There's hosting companies all over the place. To be able to partner with them, to me, is like strategically, it's like right on. There's a lot of challenges in pulling something like this off. I'm curious, how do you like hosting companies can be very different from one to the next, right? Sure. Different markets, different needs. Maybe they skew more towards like small businesses or enterprise. How are you thinking about that part of it? It's like right now, it's like we have dot com launching in 2023. As the the first pilot, right? That's if right. I'm if I'm a hosting company out there listening, like, oh, that's great. Like we see WooCommerce going up. We're interested. Obviously, they can reach out to hosts at WooCommerce.com. How how are you navigating like how different the different hosting companies are and the different needs when designing the partnership program like this? Sure. Yeah, in large part, that's why we made the announcement today is we want to have a conversation with all sorts of different hosts, large, medium, small, right? But what we are very much hearing today is that um there's uh, there's not all web hosts are created equal. Some folks have the capabilities and resources to solve some of these problems on their own. And we're seeing that in the market, not just for Woo, right? For WordPress more generally. There are a lot of web hosts, maybe not a lot, but some uh, <laughs> that have really you know invested in their own onboarding to really simplify that experience and on-ramp into uh, WordPress and Woo. And But not every web host has those capabilities to do that themselves, right? And it's not just about onboarding, but it's offering a really complete solution once you land in, in WP Admin or WooCommerce dashboard as well, right? It's things like gift cards or you know the ability to bundle products together or make product recommendations. Those are all separate solutions today that you know in a hosted model, we can, again, deliver something that's just much more turnkey and meets customer needs on day one, where they don't have to go out and find those solutions themselves, make separate purchases. And um, it just adds a lot of friction to the process. And, you know, instead, we're seeing merchants as a community gravitate much more towards, I'm sorry, losing my voice a little bit today, uh, towards the proprietary kind of SaaS website builders that are doing a very good job of catering to the, uh, you know, needs of the DIY merchant. and anyway, as a community, we need to respond to that. And that's why, you know, this is just something that we are building on our own and, you know, sort of keeping within the, the walls of automatic. We very much want to work with web hosts because we know that yeah. if we're not um, kind of enlisting our ecosystem and working together uh, to solve these problems for customers, then it's almost like, you know, we're just kind of dividing uh, yep. pieces amongst ourselves and the proprietary, you know, kind of SaaS website builders, which really represent an erosion of our, our mission to democratize commerce, you know, they win and our mission loses, right? So if we're not, we need to work together as an ecosystem and community to solve these problems. I remember talking to um, like a large hosting provider in like Southeast Asia, for instance, where they were seeing WooCommerce really gain traction mm-hmm. uh, and, and Shopify wasn't having the same amount of success. And so for me, like you taking this position is a big win because there are companies who like are don't have the resources that some of the bigger providers have that have the audience but need this more productized approach where it's like okay how how do you help us put the things we need to i love that you have that focus on reducing churn um, that you're thinking about the co-marketing side of it so it's a tough set of problems to solve 
And uh, I'm really, it's great to see that you guys are working on that. And when we look at it from an ecosystem perspective, I think it's great. GoDaddy has their offerings. We see a few more that are starting to do it where it's like, at the end of the day, we want to see from a open source, open web perspective, people being able to build successfully on WordPress. Right. And, but this to me is, is the ideal where WooCommerce, the business can be in that position of being able to say, Hey, we have all this that we're seeing. How can we work together? It's easier said than done. But from my point of view, it's great to see it. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing how that develops. Yeah, I think it's, you know, one of the most exciting things that we're working on. It's it's a bet, certainly, right? We Again, we, we need to have some conversations with the web hosts and really better understand, you know, again, we've had some, but we want to have like scale that up a bit and, and um, uh, really account for what the web host needs as kind of a primary customer of ours, right? And that uh, we really believe that that's the strategy that will work best for WooCommerce is to work together with everybody. And, you know, part of the process is, you know, in working with folks, it's, you know, again, we're not looking to just kind of keep all these innovations for lack of a better word to ourselves, but the, you know, developed this flywheel, so to speak, where, uh, you know, we don't host many Woo stores today at Automatic, right? But um, in working with web hosts, we can learn more about the challenges that they have and say scaling WooCommerce or just getting some of that really like actionable data and insights that we can bring back to help make WooCommerce better for literally everybody on the web. So this is, you know, it's an ecosystem first, but also kind of a core first um, approach that we're taking. Yep. And yeah. that's great. Brad, please. Yeah, I mean, if it does feel like a big level up because I got to be honest, like when like when friends and family come to me and say, hey, I want to launch a store. I got this idea. Can you help me set something up? You know, I, I hate to admit it, but I usually send them somewhere else. Right. So I'm like, look, go over here. It's turnkey. Yeah. You hit a couple of buttons. Do a proof of concept. If things start to work, great. Then we'll get you on WooCommerce. We'll talk about really, you know, expanding that and blowing it out. Same thing like with WordPress.com, right? When people are like, hey, I'm thinking about starting a site or maybe even a blog. Awesome. Start on WordPress.com. Kick the tires. See if it's going to work. See if you really enjoy doing it. And then if you do and it starts to work, then we can talk about maybe getting you on your own host and really kind of blowing it up, right? So um, I'm really excited about having more options when it comes to kind of pointing, especially new users and new store owners to WooCommerce without kind of that overhead that that some of us are familiar with. And, and even the presentation today um, from Caesar with the in-person payments, and I had the opportunity to test this out at WordCamp San Diego. You know, that's awesome because we've all been to like a local small business and you always see it's Stripe or Square, right? They all have the kiosks. Everybody's using that's them. That's right. I can't wait for the day I walk into a store and they're using the WooCommerce option, right? I'll flip yeah. out. I'll probably take a selfie with it. Uh, yes. But now it feels like the the playing field for kind of onboarding, especially SMB, is probably going to start to be leveled out more because of this. Is that is that ultimately the goal here? Is to really just more exposure, get more people on it, and more people into WooCommerce? Yeah, exactly. I think you know you'll see from. The, like the branded card readers and WooPay, uh, you know, I talked about this accelerated online payment method that we're building out a wallet, right, uh, is really a much more prominent uh, presence of the WooCommerce brand for shoppers as well. And, you know, the kind of thesis being that if we could deliver a really delightful shopping experience to shoppers, then, you know, as they're merchants or become merchants, right, or uh pursue their own like entrepreneurial dreams, uh, we're driving some awareness for the WooCommerce community more generally in the process. And yeah, I was so excited to, to go. The first time I saw the card readers was just at WordCamp US last month uh, in person. Mm-hmm. It was so awesome to be able to actually use those for anybody who came by the booth. We were selling our swag. You had to like mm-hmm. actually run us cool. the credit card through and you could get, um, uh, anyway, but you know, some of our swag from Swell. 
but it was just really, it worked so easily. And I think I mentioned in my talk, it took us only about 40 minutes to build that site out with uh, our store editing functionality. Paul, last question for me. So WooCommerce in my mind is, is today like the best example of an ecosystem within WordPress. You've got all these different parts and pieces. You have all the partnership pieces, uh, the Woo Experts program, you're, that's expanding yeah. again. As you look at like the next couple of years, there's a lot that's going really well for WooCommerce in terms of momentum and growth. What do you see as the, the biggest challenge or threats to like WooCommerce as an ecosystem? Uh, I think it very much is the competitive uh, market that we're operating in at the moment, not within Woo, but more broadly, right? Uh, yeah. And not just the, I think, historical, traditional, more uh, direct competitors to WooCommerce like Shopify or BigCommerce or Magento or even Wix or Squarespace towards the smaller end of uh, merchants. Um, you know, almost every platform is trying to kind of capture it. Obviously, there's Amazon, you know, Twitter's doing something in commerce, uh, Pinterest, TikTok, you know, all these folks, Google, Facebook, right? Uh, all these folks are partners of ours as well because they represent, or in many cases they are, they represent uh, sales channels for merchants. Becca spoke to that so like um, so well earlier today that you know really embracing a like omni-channel strategy. Um, <clears throat> but they're also very much looking to like own commerce, and uh, that's a risk again to to our mission. And uh, we really think that there's still a really important place for the independent storefront or sales channel to exist. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Um, thanks, Paul. Yeah, let's bring in Courtney and Kim. I can't wait to hear what they have to say. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate it, Paul. Uh, yeah, so let's get Thanks, Kim y'all. on. Kim, you know, I really enjoyed your presentation, Kim Coleman with Paid Memberships Pro. Uh, I think one of the overarching themes that I, I, I really took away today from the talks um, is a lot of these kind of bigger topics that I think, especially newer store store owners aren't really thinking about, right? Because you're thinking, I just get the store online. And that's kind of, honestly, that's kind of the easy part, right? Is get the store online. Then you got to actually make sales. And that's where it gets difficult. And so I think a lot of the, the topics today, and Kim, you're, you know, with flash sales and talking about, you know, doing sales like that, not just around Black Friday and Cyber Monday, but um, through, all throughout the year at different points um, and really trying to figure out what works, I think is a really interesting topic that many people don't think about. Like we know, everybody knows Black Friday, Cyber Monday, that whole weekend is a big weekend for sales, right? Like that's a kind of a no brainer. You should probably do something. But I don't think, and myself included, most of us think about it outside of that time period. Um, you know, so it's kind of neat to see a topic like that to kind of dig in. So, uh, so maybe you can touch on a little bit, especially if anyone missed your presentation. But like, what are the the, the big the big tips or the big takeaways that you like to tell store owners when it comes to like flash sales and why it's why it's important? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's um, if you only do Black Friday, it's kind of your only test of how you run sales and and the strategies around them and the discounts you can push and the prices you can charge. So um, if if your first sale is Black Friday, that's probably a big no-no. I would absolutely recommend testing something earlier in the year. Um, And how do you pick that timeframe? You have to look at, you know, kind of what you sell, which was part of my talk, looking at the uh, customers you serve, when does your product naturally get purchased by them and use that time? Because when you run a sale, you get a lot of information about your buyer. Um, I also encourage people to look at kind of their year-long revenue, especially uh, for myself, I'm a subscription product. Um, I thought all of today's talks did well um, talking about more than just physical products um, because we're seeing so many more um, digital and virtual type things being sold with WooCommerce. So absolutely looking at your sales uh, your for the year, looking at your revenue and finding those low periods where you can kind of even things out. Um, it's really hard to budget as an entrepreneur um, when you're just starting out. And if you have one month that makes $50,000 and one month that makes $10,000, 
you're, you're kind of really playing with your runway there. So um, evening out revenue just makes you makes it feel more like a real job, I guess you could say. Yeah. And if you don't already, you should definitely follow Kim and her husband, Jason, online. You guys are really transparent about your business, which I think is really awesome to see. You share a lot of information online. Like the information you share makes me nervous because I, I just not, I'm not that transparent. It makes me nervous when I see other people putting out like, here's what we sell stuff for and here's what we've made. But, you know, you put a, a pricing chart out the other day, which was really interesting. I think you got a lot of traction with it. a lot of people were talking about it because it just showed like you had, I don't know, on the chart, maybe 20 or 25 different prices that you have tried over the years. And you're kind of, I think your point was like, don't be scared to try things. And I think that I kind of really started thinking about that because you have a couple of products at WebDev we sell. I have never changed the pricing there <laughs> because I'm terrified if I go one way or the other, it's all going to blow up and nothing's going to work, you know, but now I feel like you've given me a little bit of encouragement that maybe I need to rethink that um, and look at, you know, adjusting pricing, but it's, I love the transparency. I love the information you put out there. And I love the fact that you're just like, you got to try things and then you got to learn from that data and learn from what happens. You know, I think that's a lot of store owners can really can learn from that. Yeah. I mean, for us, because we build a product, you know, they can use our product. We can tell them how to use our product, how to set it up. But if their business fails, you know, we fail. Uh, they don't renew if, if they're, store closes down. None of you developing sites for people, none of the people who have started a WooCommerce site themselves. Um, we don't know where their expectations are. We don't know their expertise as an entrepreneur. So uh, the more you can inject like business advice into product, I think you're kind of becoming a resource for the people and you're kind of future-proofing, you know, churn for your business next year. Yeah. And these are the type of people you want to support because they want you to succeed. It's not just about the one-off paycheck for them or the whatever, right? You're, you want store owners to succeed. And it's a good point. If they succeed, you succeed. So really like all the stuff you're putting out there. Kim, something I'm curious about. So Black Friday, uh, at least to a lot of folks I've talked to, is a bit of a mixed bag. It's a highlight. It's like, okay, there's going to be a lot of activity, a lot of interest. Um, you also have these curious patterns where people fall into like renewing on Black Friday. Like there's... so. At, and what I'm hearing, there's this broader, like, okay, how do we think about sales more broadly outside of just Black Friday, right? Like, like, and is there, what I'm curious about first, is there like a type of business or like, who who are sales not for? Is there someone who like, ah, like, because it seems like there's benefits and trade-offs to each thing, right? You can prime people to expect it, which means you can hurt your revenue long-term, the percentages that you do matter. With the experience that you've had in this, yeah, who... Who's someone who this wouldn't be a good fit for? I I mean, definitely if you're like service-based, I think it's hard to do a sale because yep. you're kind of establishing what your price point is. Um, and it it's probably really sickening for you to do work at a lower rate. Like, you know, you can find ways to make something feel like a sale that's really just like a bundle or something like that. So yep. I wouldn't do it in a services-based business um, unless you just need an influx of cash and you want to like quick sell hours in advance for the next year or something like that. So I think those sales in those types of businesses are um, something's wrong. I'm flailing. I need, I need influx. Um, I also heard from someone in the chat today, if you're not in the Wusesh Slack, um, that they sell a product, which is like apples to apples. So they're um, navigating a space where people are saying like, I can buy this pair of jeans from this merchant and I can buy the exact same pair from a different company who costs less, whose shipping is less, whose turnaround is less. So I think it's super hard to do sales, uh, like coupon code type sales in that in that um, space. My recommendation for them was to consider like a paid membership, like a uh, you think of Costco, right? They don't really run sales, kind of some products are on sale, but everything is one price. We pay to get in the door. Yep. Um, so I think 
to think creatively if you if your business doesn't have the margin or if you're kind of just cutting into your own pocket through all the sales that you have to think creatively and find a find a different approach. And one thing that stands out to me too is the importance of just the long-term planning. Because some people are like, oh, Black Friday is coming up. Okay, I guess we got to do something. If that's the only thing that they're doing, my guess based on what you've you've seen and what you're sharing is that there's a lot of missed opportunity. And if I'm guessing right, like if you were thinking strategically about it throughout the year and doing different things, you're going to be a much better place when Black Friday, for instance, comes around to know what your numbers are. The difference between a 30 and 40% discount is huge. And and so on and so forth. So it's it seems like one of the key messages is for people to use this opportunity to say, okay, whatever you do this year is one thing, but now start looking ahead at the entire year and what what are the key moments and what you can there's a lot of opportunity for creativity, it sounds like. Yeah. And people expect your best deal on Black Friday. Like ours is gonna be like 40% off. You know, that's what WooCommerce just ran. Yeah. Um, if, if your black Friday deal isn't better than any other deal throughout the store, there's no urgency. Um, it won't be as big of an event for you. Yeah. Um, but you can do smaller discounts at other times of the year and actually like do better number of sales and, and your average order value is way higher. So, um, I think you can do better on non black Friday sales, especially if you pick good time periods that fit your audience. Well, Hey everyone, Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. It's really simple. When it comes to your WooCommerce clients or yourself, SEO is one of the strategic points in helping to increase visibility in search results. And what better way to understand those strategic skills than taking the e-commerce SEO training from Yoast. Whether it's for your clients or your own shop, you start with defining your mission statement using structured data so your products will stand out. The course is not full of fluff or unreachable expectations. It gives you actionable steps along the way. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, check out Yoast.com and search for their e-commerce SEO training. If you have a client who is looking for a point-of-sale solution, consider suggesting FooSales. In fact, FooSales is the first native WooCommerce point-of-sale to support in-person payments using Square Reader. Now, you can use FooSales with the Square Terminal for your client projects, but the icing on the cake is that it not only works with FooSales iPad and Android apps, but the Foo web app. So you really need to check this out if your clients have been asking for a point-of-sale solution or a new point-of-sale solution. Find them at foosales.com. Make sure and check out both of these pod friends. And now let's get back to the show. Yeah, let's uh, let's get Courtney Robertson on here too. We'll have a little party here. So Courtney, if a uh, dev advocate over GoDaddy Pro, and if you missed any of Word Session today, just check her Twitter because I think you live <laughs> live tweeted the whole thing with a lot of <laughs> really great of nuggets sessions. from the different presentations and stuff. So a lot of really good information on there. But I mean, what stood out, Courtney? What was you know presentation topics? Anything of, of interest that really stood out to you today? Um, well, seeing WooCommerce ship a release on the same day that we're having Woo Sesh, I think that. We can attribute this release to Brian. Um, yeah, Brian. <laughs> Thanks for picking the date, Brian, for that one. Um, I I absolutely loved hearing uh, from, oh, uh, I'm drawing a blank awkwardly on his name, from TikTok about the connection from your website to your social selling 
outlets. And I thought how that related to Becca's talk about having different channels and different platforms that you might be selling on and the need to sometimes be on these spaces and identify where your audience is, but also connecting that into your website really stood out. Yeah, that was Lori Disdainville, head of global <laughs> commerce partnerships at TikTok. Yeah. 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 I thought that was just a, a really eye-opening yeah. talk for a lot of folks. It is interesting because TikTok to me, I'm not, I, I, I've, I've held out. I don't know how, but somehow I've held out and I'm not in What's that up, world. So uh, I feel like at some point it's going to suck me in, but I'm really trying to hold out. <laughs> but I know it's big, right? And I know it's obviously if, yep. if you're selling, you can't, you got to be everywhere. That You got to be where the people are. You got to be where your customers are at, right? And TikTok is huge. So if that is, you know, your market, then you need to be there clearly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to that, you know, talking about flash sales, talking about, you know, uh, TikTok and social media, talking about connected commerce and multi-channel selling, like these, these topics today were great because these are things all store owners, even if they don't know about this stuff, need to be thinking about it. It may not all be right for them, but they right. at least need to be thinking about the options that are out there, what may or may not work for their business. And, and again, kind of going back to what you said, like try some stuff, like yeah. especially if you're new and they're running an online store, try yeah. things. What's the worst that's going to happen as long as you're still making a profit, right? I think a lot about my one of my local coffee shops, um, Brussels Cafe, and I watch how they handle their different platforms. So I could place an order, go to the store, pick it up already made. I could do that online, but I also follow them on Facebook and Instagram and a few places, and they have some coffee available that I could purchase. Um, they have a few different things kind of all going on at the same time. And then they're using one payment system one way and the idea um, that Becca has really highlighted, I honestly, I heard her first speak on some of this just a couple weeks ago at WordCamp US, and I work with her, right? Not closely, but I work with her. And so uh, thinking about the logistics that the average small business owner faces when you've got inventory in multiple buckets and needing to piece that together, right? That is such a challenge. Um so it's something that I've been thinking a lot about as we've been working on launching managed WooCommerce stores over at GoDaddy and seeing where that takes us. Um, I think for the average small business owner, you know, you're going to see a lot of website performance tooling and the way in which you can integrate these things together. Because over the last 10, 15 years in social media, everything's been separate little buckets. And then if you're also trying to do Amazon fulfillments and some of these other channels it just becomes different marketplaces too it becomes ex like exponentially bigger right harder to manage this is part of where it seems like woocommerce is in such a good position like i remember going into to walmart the other day with my daughter and i was going to show her how to use apple pay on her phone to make a purchase and then realize at the counter that oh they don't have apple pay here at walmart like it's walmart pay and i was like we're not gonna set up walmart pay here at walmart it's that's fine and whereas, so, so you have all these, these different companies doing these different things, they, they, these moats against each other, WooCommerce and the WordPress ecosystem and WordPress broadly, but WooCommerce specifically in this case is in a great position to be able to serve as a point of integration that can have that effective neutrality and say, oh yeah, you can work with any number. And the, the different platforms have an incentive to like, naturally a lot of them are saying, well, we want it all here. Sure. You, you can, well, you can want it all here as much as you want. But to me, the stronger that WooCommerce can become and these open source solutions can become, which is yeah. why like the hosting partnerships are so key in this, yeah. then in theory, 
open source is in a better place to build these because we don't have those conflicts of interest. Amazon is going to do what Amazon's going to do, and they have this interest to have it as tightly interwoven into their ecosystem as possible, as does Walmart and so on and so forth. So I'm I I think it's great and it's interesting. Uh, Brad, you're going to definitely have to check out TikTok. Mm-hmm. You still to, thinking about that? Yes, <laughs> I'm like really no. Uh, I, I've completed my first like e-commerce transaction on it the other day. I forget what the store was, but like okay, there was a video. It was like a product that I was interested in. I think it was a game, and then I went and bought a board game afterwards. And I wouldn't have seen it except for TikTok. And the mm-hmm. idea of going to where your customers are, like yeah. that's that's the big point of it. Whether we care about it or not, I don't care much for Facebook, but I have an account. And some of the businesses that I've worked with, like that's where they are. So that's where we go. Brad's going to be buying Philly's merch in no time at all. That's that's what's up. Hey, you know, if I was selling a product, I need to be on TikTok. I would definitely be there. So <laughs> <laughs> someday I'll end up on it. But yeah, what else? I mean, what other big items stood up? I mean, stood out to anyone. I mean, we're kind of an open forum here. So I think we need to I, actually, I think we need to revisit something Brian asked. And that is... Brian asked earlier what your favorite sandwich is. We're going to step away from WooCommerce for just a couple, three minutes and have each one of you tell us what your favorite sandwich is. But you can't just tell me what it is. I want to know why you like that sandwich so much. That's a big question. Okay, Kim's going to start. Kim's going to start. um, It's like a running joke in our family that I purchased a tuna wrap before a flight. I I like it because it makes everyone else disgusted because it smells. I get onions. No, I'm just kidding. You I eat it on the flight? I eat it on the flight. <laughs> Jason's like, that stinks. I'm like, I don't care. Um, no, I really like tuna wraps. I don't eat other animals, but I do eat fish. So for me, it's like a, a weekly treat to get. I, I think my body craves it probably, but um, I've always been a tuna fan. So people who have worked at Subway say don't eat Subway tuna. And I don't listen to those people. <laughs> well, this is great. You know, it's like, oh, I think Kim's on this flight. I smell something. You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> you have to eat it early. It gets very drippy. It gets very mm-hmm. soggy. So this is not like four hour flight, three hours in. This is first section of flight. Start your tuna. Yeah. Courtney. Uh, I would probably say the one that I don't make um for myself. That would be the important factor here in, in a good sandwich is if I don't make it myself. Um, It would be a tie between there's a local grocery store that's really known for their subs, or three of us are in Pennsylvania, kind of near each other here today, Um, a Sheets sub that's like turkey and got a bunch of vegetables and all the things piled up on it. But one that I don't make is the important We already know what side of the state you're on, talking about Sheets and subs. I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle, so... We don't have a lot of Wawa options in my town. Ta- I'm right in the middle of the state. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's not going to be surprising Brad's answer. I know that. Uh, I mean, I got to go with the cheesesteak, right? It's easy. Steak, cheese, onions, delicious. I don't have them often because they're terrible for you. But when I do, I go big. I eat the whole thing. <laughs> and always good as units of measurement. It is. In fact, uh, I'm going to have to get one. My son turned seven and I've been measuring him with cheesesteaks his whole life. So got a seven year cheesesteak for scale coming up. All right. Wow. And and Jonathan, now you're, you're on the spot. So in general, if I'm out and about, I'm actually a fairly big fan of Subway. I like the, the veggie delight, but if I'm making something myself, um, 
these days I've been doing more of the Ezekiel bread, which is kind of interesting. But in general, my favorite is the Costco bagels. So I'll take a Costco bagel with avocado and just some Himalayan sea salt. So that's my that's my that's my go-to. That's like my favorite sandwich. So what about your sandwich, Bob? Oh, Come oh, on. Um, oh, I, I only ask because I don't want to answer. Um, oh, okay. You know, I, I, I fell in love with it. It's a real basic sandwich, but I was in San Francisco recently in a, a, a restaurant called Sears something. I can't remember what name of it, but a longtime restaurant there. And they had a San Franciscan, which is really simple. It's a grilled mozzarella, avocado, and tomato. And I'll tell you, that is one good combination. And I see that um, Jonathan's making a face, so that doesn't really matter to me. But anyway, that I'm is taking that, it in, that's going to be my choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, processing. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so back to Woosesh. So what else um, piqued everybody's interest? So, Courtney, did GoDaddy had an announcement today as well? Uh, so... Yes, the the link was available during Becca's session, and my coworker Sandy dropped it into the WooSesh Slack for the managed WooCommerce stores. Uh, we can get that link out on Twitter again as well. But it is now available for those that are in the U.S. It is restricted to the U.S. because of where we are open for business for payment processing. Yes. So <clears throat> GoDaddy has now available managed WooCommerce stores as one of our options. Under the hood, you've got the performance that the Pagely team knows how to bring. Um, you've got some of the Skyverge plugins that are in there. You've got Cellbrite and Point when it comes to the payment processing and where you can sell technology as available. And you've got a couple peeks at it actually during Becca's talk. So if you flip through Becca's slides, there's a few screenshots that I think she pulled right from inside of that. Um, so it is... Now available, ready to go for people to come and test it out. Um, we'll be continuing to expand some of the options that are available inside of it. You'll see when you go to the page um, that the preview is listed there at the top. And during the, the preview, the fine print says that there'll be some more features available soon. GoDaddy's WordPress story is like one of my favorites. Like it's been, I've had the privilege of getting to know more and more cool people who've been working at GoDaddy over the years. So it's been interesting for like a really big company. Yeah. to be such an important part of this large open source ecosystem. So one of the things I've learned, it doesn't matter like the, for big companies, like I remember some of my work with Google back in the day, it's, you know, it's, you're always held up to a different level of scrutiny and expectations. Like people are going to think what they're going to think. For me, it's been really cool to watch GoDaddy over the years, trying different things, making investments in the ecosystem and ultimately the big thing is focusing on success for the end users, right? Like that's what matters at the end of the day. And so it's, it's been great to watch. I'm, I'm really curious to see how this opens up. And I think at, at the end of the day, all these moves are good for open source. What I hope to see more of um, just holistically is to, okay, how do we have more collaboration and, and cooperation throughout the ecosystem? And uh, it's, it's things like this that are, I help make it happen. So really appreciate all you guys have been doing. Thank you, Jonathan. It's been a lot of fun for me in the year and a half about that I've been working there. A lot of folks know me from being a contributor to the WordPress training team. Um, I also do a little bit of writing over on post status, covering some of the news of what's happening across the official WordPress make teams. Um, but it has been a fantastic time in my time at GoDaddy and getting to know um, Adam Warner is my manager, but I've got a lot of great teammates and coworkers there and continue to see more and more of 
the best WordPress talent I know showing up there. Um, surprised recently by some of our new hires and very delighted by that. So I feel like things are moving in a really good direction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and thank you guys for sponsoring Woosesh. That's a, that's a big absolutely, thing. Absolutely. Yes. Making all this possible. Yep. Yeah. It does feel like we're kind of like in the golden era or entering maybe the golden era of WooCommerce, right? Like with so many hosts, like really going all in with WooCommerce, um, managed platforms, turnkey options, you know, making it easier to onboard SMB and, and smaller stores. It, it kind of feels like the, the big push with WordPress, like 10 years ago and all the managed hosts, like all the hosting companies kind of opened their eyes and said, this isn't a blogging platform anymore. We need to take this seriously. And all of a sudden they all have their own kind of managed option. They all have like whole teams and staff dedicated to WordPress. A lot of open source contributors, you know, within those companies that fully dedicate their time to contributing to the project. I feel like we're in that now, um, or certainly on the cusp of, of that with WooCommerce um, and all of the, just the action that we're seeing and getting so many more people exposed to WooCommerce that otherwise probably never would have would have been. So it's exciting times for WooCommerce. You know, it's, it's definitely, I feel more bullish on it than I have in, a, in probably forever just because of how, how much action is going on with it. There's just so many things happening. It's amazing. I do think that uh, we're on to something in WooCommerce where we're seeing folks interested in the technology that that brings as opposed to going to piecemealing all of those separate little extras together to try and get one culminating thing. I think that more the various plugin technologies, themes, et cetera, build for Woo, um, the more that folks are collaborating together, we won't see as many folks that are turning to third-party e-commerce platforms. Um, they'll stick within that WooCommerce field because of the flexibility and what it can do for them. Hmm. So um, two talks after mine was Narav from Store Apps, and I really enjoyed um, watching that because I think it's like a, I, I deal so much more often with sites that kind of can sell one thing to one person. It's like pick A, B, or C. Um, but that talk um, kind of opened my eyes more to the, you know, upsells and the pieces of things that, you know, we encounter um, bringing those features to WooCommerce that we see in all of our favorite online merchants that have hundreds of developers on their teams. Um, I love when you can see a feature on a site like a target.com and then say like, oh, wow, this exists for me as an open source product or as, you know, open source, but $49 annually, I can get that feature for my own smaller merchant site. Um, and, and it's validated. It's being used on target.com. It must, you know, be successful for them to have that type of upsell feature. So, um, I think a lot of entrepreneurs use kind of that the market research for them isn't in their own market. It's other e-commerce sites. So I think it's super cool. Well, Brian's going to be, um, sorry, you ever had me come on with the rest of you, but I, I'm going to ask one more thing since we're all talking about online shopping and e-commerce and we're so excited about it. I want to know, starting with Brad, um, what you wouldn't buy online. What I would not buy online. I buy everything online, like ev almost everything, food, clothes, everything. I just don't like shopping. So what I wouldn't buy online, probably illegal stuff. <laughs> Keep that in person with cash, you know? <laughs> I don't know. That's terrible advice. Um, of course, you could always use crypto. You know, I'll stop. I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know. I don't know if yeah. there's anything I wouldn't buy online. Like, if it's available online and the shipping's not crazy, usually the big limitation for buying stuff online is, that, is how heavy it is and how much it's going to cost to ship. But even that, these days, is not that big of a factor, you know? I just ordered a massive new desk I'm very excited about for my office, and it's coming in, like, six boxes, and it's free shipping, you know? Like, it's crazy. 
Yeah, well, I started with Brad because I knew he'd really screw it up for the rest of you. But um, <laughs> anyway, nice um, why well. don't we, yeah, <laughs> why don't we move on over to Courtney? Courtney, what wouldn't you buy online? So I live west of Gettysburg a little bit. There are a lot of Amish around me. Some of the things that I purchase from the Amish are like baked goods and plants and some of those. And like, they just don't sell online yet. Some of them do, surprisingly, but that's usually like the ones making furniture. So I would go with that or my kids go through clothes and toys really quickly. And I like to go to the consignment store because we're just churning through it quickly around here. Um, and our consignment store doesn't have stuff online. If they did, I probably would browse ahead of time. Jonathan. Kind of a good question. I was thinking through like, yeah, I would buy a house online, sight unseen. I'd buy vehicles like. I'd buy a business, like there's all these things. So in general, I actually don't really like buying food online. Like there's something about grocery shopping. Uh, it, even though I know that I can go to Costco online, I still like going to Costco in person and doing all of that. So there's something, I know that I can, but it's like, there's certain things. It's it's increasingly the things that I could buy online that I just don't want to. And there's something about the in-person experience. Also, I'm not a big fan of buying clothes online. Unless I know exactly what I want. Like, it's like, if I'm going to get a repeat, um, you know, there are some situations where like, I will go local first, which is super annoying. I'll stop in. They don't have the thing. I'm like, okay, guys, well, I guess I'm going to order online now, but that's, uh, yeah, but not a lot. Most things happy to get online. Kim. I'm going to go with things you have to test. So like a mattress, a pillow, perfume, um, and probably also like pets. I know that you can like order a dog online, but I'm a big like, you should meet your dog before you uh, acquire your dog online. So I think, yeah, things that you want to test the relationship with. I know people do buy beds online and they have like 30 days ship it back. But like, I don't know, like, I don't think I ever could do that. Like I slept on this, like I used it, you know. Adoption, wouldn't do adoption online. There you go. Yeah, there's a lot of things I wouldn't do online. I wouldn't buy any videos that include myself. That's mostly what I don't buy online. So anyway. Um, are there a lot of those? We got to go shopping. <laughs> where, where are these videos, Bob? Yeah, they're, they're, um, they're in that um, spot you won't buy. So well, we won't <laughs> go there. But anyway, so any any last words? Let's just go around. Any last words on Woosesh or anything you want to say? And then we'll hand it back over to Brian. I mean, this is just day one, right? So you got two more days of awesome jam-packed topics, amazing speakers, you know, check out the schedule. And the beautiful thing is it's all recorded, which I love because we're, you know, some of us have to work and there's some meetings we just can't get out of, but you can always go back and watch the things you miss. So I always appreciate that. I'll say that today definitely had um, information for people of all sizes of stores um, and people who are running the stores themselves or operating them for others. So. Um, I, I liked that it wasn't all about huge e-commerce and then it also had lots of options for small e-commerce. So uh, I hope that days two and three, and I'm pretty sure they will be continue to kind of bridge all types of WooCommerce sites. I personally don't have my own store. I've done some e-commerce stores for clients, but it's been a number of years. In fact, it was before Automatic had WooCommerce since I last touched one of those. Um, but I might take the inspiration that my manager Adam has with his son and opened up a t-shirt shop with the kids' custom designs on it. I think I might be getting one of those soon and um, exploring some social outlets for my kids. I'll maintain their accounts. They're too young for that. Uh, I'll offer my, my favorite piece of guidance. Anytime you're in, like WooCommerce, it's a big ecosystem. There's a lot going on. 
uh, just encourage people to stay curious and cultivate that curiosity, like attending the sessions for po- perhaps topics that you didn't think you'd be interested in, maybe didn't look particularly interesting, but you go into there and there's, you're, you're going to learn something that you didn't know. And yeah, especially because there's so many different moving parts. There's so many people doing different things in the space. You, you won't be able to keep track of it all. What I find though, is that if you just cultivate your own curiosity, that's a fantastic starting point. And uh, at least in my experience, that's never failed. You always get something out of it. So Hey everyone, thanks again for tuning in to today's special show. I'd like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends. To ensure both you and your client's products stand out and compete in the search results, Yoast SEO has you covered at Yoast.com. And for that point of sale solution, whether it's your iPad, an Android app, or using their web app, check out foosales.com. And if you'd like to watch all the sessions from this year's Woo Sesh, past sessions, and other WordPress sessions and courses from industry experts around the world, check out WP Sessions and consider becoming a member. So until next time, keep on doing the woo.